Hey, my lovable baby pod sluts. <laughs> Whoa! Right at the what? fucking gate. Right at, got that sweet joke. It's, it's not even Halloween days. No, that's no, 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 no. We gotta, we gotta ease them into it. We gotta, we gotta tease out the Halloween. You like, gotta tease right. that spooky It's a spooker, out. guys. We're dealing with spooks and goobins today. <laughs> we're gonna get, we're gonna get our, we're gonna, we're gonna cry. From, my, from you're right. Eyes. You're right. We're gonna. I mean, uh, we are you, doing you spooks and goobums. That's that's true. <laughs> we got things that go bump in the night all week for Halloween. Yeah. This is this is some good good fun. Yeah. Uh, here's a here's a Halloween question for you guys. Do you do you like it with the apostrophe between the e's every time? But yeah. Continue. Mm, no, I don't like it. That's got like an elf thing that I don't really I don't really handle. <laughs> You don't like you a, a hallow a Halloween? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not about it. You can just put apostrophes on things, and now I'm supposed to believe it's an elf. No. <laughs> Where is the elf lazy. coming into play, dude? You know, you ever read that Tolkien? That boy, the boy Tolkien. He's just like putting apostrophes everywhere, like a yeah. maniac, <laughs> like a yeah. full blown psychopath. That dude. And then his disciple Ian McCaffrey just did it all up in Pern. Too many apostrophes. I'm going to put yeah, a stop to it right now. That's what I'm saying. Do some actual story building. Don't just don't just phone it in. Uh, so what do we have today? What are we doing? What are we even calling this? It's a Halloween Halloween uh, treat. The, treat the, the dirty Halloween. The like... dirty Halloween bag of bag of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, childhood it's a bit terror. Of a, a bit paper of a grab bag, bag this week. A, a paper sack. No, the no fun town. This is a, a haunted uh, plastic <laughs> plastic pumpkin tub. <laughs> there it is, the haunted yeah, plastic yeah, yeah, pumpkin yeah. tub. Plastic that, pumpkin you know, tub. You pulled got. out of you pulled out of the Halloween box, and it's you know. And it's just it ripe. Was, it's just yeah. Writhing. It was. It, it's got like the remains of a tutti frutti. Like a melted know? bit of honey at the bottom. Oh yeah, you got several bits. Oh honey. <laughs> a big a hunk. <laughs> maybe maybe a. Uh, a caramel apple pop that you still think about eating right now. You're like, yeah, it's I still, like, good. still think about eating. They, they look like it. They look like they can't age. They, they, yeah. they would be beyond this realm. You know, the, the one upside to a caramel apple pop is that if you do it right, it will become your new retainer. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you can't take it out. <laughs> yeah. You can shape it. Will be steamed. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? Nothing. I've new retainer, doctor. <laughs> I'm cheating the system, right? Because oh. they don't want you to know that you can just make your own retainer. You got to pay. Just the thing the roof of your roof of your mouth, and it lives yeah, there you, now. You just pop like it an, up in there, like an oh, ego. Yeah, yeah. Ready uh, for a feast? A feast. <laughs> so it's feast. So yeah. So this is our this is our uh, our Halloween pumpkin tub. <laughs> full of full of goodies. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how do we pick what we were watching tonight? What do we what do we do? How did we do that? Uh, okay. So basically, I feel like we we wanted to uh, do a little bit more, do more shows, and at a sort of at a more rapid pace, kind of clip into the ones that either as kids really spooked us or maybe influenced us in ways. We wasn't immediately scary, but perhaps mm-hmm. sort of sort of stuck with you afterwards. Yeah, and you know, so we've got some chills and some thrills, I think. 
spookums? As well as some just, yeah, yeah some I got, spookums. We got some spookums. Uh, uh, yeah, so some of these definitely scared us. Others didn't. Um, right. And right. we just couple, sort of wanted a nice mix. couple fun Halloweeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we're going to, gonna like, try to shotgun style through a lot of this, so, you know, probably will not be spending about half an hour on each one. <laughs> what? Because otherwise six... we'd be here all night. This is not going to be a two-hour episode? Yeah, because we do have six things. <laughs> not going to be a three-hour episode. I can do yeah. math. Honestly, I would say, you know, if you're a listener, which I hope you are. Uh, otherwise, how this, is this otherwise, happening? How is this happening? It's a spooky Halloween miracle. <laughs> um, I, you know, pick what you want to watch. If you want to watch all these things, that's fine. Uh, they're all pretty short, generally. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got a couple full lengths and mostly they're 10 minutes or under. Yeah. A couple of ha- halvesies, some 14 minutes. Yarn. <laughs> uh, so who wants to go first? Each of us picked two things to talk about that maybe did some spooker dukers to our childhood. Uh, uh, Austin, we can do Austin or or, or, or Dr. Rory in his fun yeah. time. And his fun Rory, time slaps. Uh, <laughs> Rory, why don't you uh, why don't you goose us into the into the lead here? I'm All sorry. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dr. Rory and his fun time slaps. <laughs> he's a doctor. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> okay, I gotta trust him. Am I talking to Dr. Rory right now? <laughs> Are we in the room with Dr. Rory? <laughs> I don't know if you're doing you're doing the you're doing like you're like halfway between that uh, the sort of movie line of a of a of a multiple personality. But also, mm-hmm. you're kind of just doing your NPR voice. <laughs> are we in the room with Doctor Rory? Uh, I think yes. we are. I think uh, <laughs> I think you should uh, you should get us cracking, bone yeah. cracking. Cracking up. Okay, so the first thing we watched was an episode of Thomas the Tank Engine called... Andy, what was the title? Oh, the title is The Sad Story of Henry. The yeah, they sad, delivered on that. It is a sad story about a man named Henry. <laughs> oh, a train man. A train man. <laughs> he is a train man. So, you know, the long and short of this episode is that uh, there's, a, there's a train named Henry. He's got a beautiful green uh, coat of paint. He hides out in a tunnel during a rainstorm, and uh, fearing, fearing that the rain might might uh, mess up his his uh, his coat of paint in the future, he decides to stay there for a little while. And um, the bosses of the train company, who uh, is named Mister Money or Mister Mister Big Shot. Oh, oh it's uh, uh oh god, Mr. it's Topham Dr. Hat. Bags. Topham Tom Hat. hat. Top them but they just call him Big Money. That works too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Big Money. Big Money shows up. Yeah, he shows up and uh, buries his Pitbull. Buries Henry Pitbull. alive in this in this tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. And it's not intended. It's not intended to be spooky or scary. It's like a you know, it's a life lesson thing. Yeah, like, conform or die. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so so Henry Henry hides from the rain because he thinks he looks really hot. He looks really sexy, and he thinks the rain's gonna fuck that up. And so he's like, "No, if it if if hiding in a tunnel is what it takes, yeah." It's like if this is what it takes to stay sexy, then I'm gonna live in this tunnel forever. We also can't uh, forget to mention that this is all being delivered in Ringo Starr's I'm Earning a Paycheck voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It, so if you guys have never watched Thomas and Friends, uh, which I believe they called Shining Time Station here in the States. I don't remember what the official title was. I think it was Shining Time Station. And it's it's like, it's adorable, but it's it's delivered in this, it's delivered in this sort of strange little way. And then there's the train man named Henry. And oh, he's very <laughs> sad. Now he's stuck there forever. It's it's uh it's an odd little <laughs> delivery. Um Yeah. But it's it's cute. It's cute in a way, but I think the I think that the sort of Mr. Rogers style, like this is obviously miniature trains on like a you know, a big model. Uh it actually made it a little spookier for me at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, because it's like done with real things. It's not full. Yeah, it's not exactly. Yeah, it's animated. real, and you just get to see this like sad train. <laughs> they sculpt it and then kill it. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, and the and the freaky thing about it is that they're trying to get him out, and he's just like, no, 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 I'm not gonna leave. And so you know, the the fat controller Topham Hat is like, well, if you're not gonna leave, I guess we're just gonna brick up this tunnel, and they like trap him in there. They Presumably. pull the rail out from under him. Yeah, so yeah. even if he did, even if he wanted to change his mind, he couldn't. They take the rails off, and then brick up the walls. God, and uh, then and then all the trains come yeah. by, and they're like making fun of him. They're just laughing at him, and, and, and <laughs> yeah. they they, they, yeah, they switch out his face for like the saddest face. Oh yeah, he's in a rough spot. <laughs> and uh, and he's not just sad. There's there's some terror in his eyes. <laughs> it's it's it's. It's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah, what I do want to bring up, though, is that uh, what we're not really addressing is that I feel like this might have been a, a, a vaping allegory. <laughs> really? Yes. The, yeah, the yeah. Engines. So he he sits there in a, you know, in a cave and he blows smoke at everybody. Okay. He just like blasts everybody with steam and he doesn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> And then they they board like one, him up like in a, one of those like tunnel. one of those vape teens like one of those <laughs> like teens in his big old like vape a vape head. teen blast blasting his blasting his teen vapors on you. We're we're all aware of the vape teens. <laughs> then they we... run off hooting into the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think vape it's sort of a weird five. capital punishment for vape teens. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then it's it's even worse because at the end, the narrator says like it's like the slowest possible zoom in on sad Henry. Like you can barely see his eyes because of the bricks. And the narrator says, I think he deserved his punishment. Don't you? <laughs> Credits. <laughs> <Right>. Credits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. And you're just kind of left. With your thoughts. Alone sad. With your thoughts. Yeah, with your thoughts. Thinking about like extreme punishment. Yeah. yeah, I mean, do you know, we I I do think Henry was being a super dick. Mm-hmm. He didn't I mean, want to go anywhere. Yeah. He wasn't it's flexible. True. Well, he's a you know, train. Right. But I mean, but I mean, it's it's the same. It's the punishment fits the crime sort of thing, right? So like, 
Yeah, we, we start a story with Henry who's, who's being obnoxious and he's being unhelpful. And he's being a bit of a turd when he blows smoke at everybody. Uh, he, even in America, where our prisons have some pretty suspect, uh, you know, practices, we don't just bury people alive when, when they're blowing <laughs> too much smoke. When the vape teens get out of hand, you can't just bury them. As much as that yet. might be the first thing that comes to mind when you see the vape teens, you can't yeah. bury them alive. <laughs> Until Ringo Starr gets his way. <laughs> He's going to bury every vape team in sight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay. The, the, the thing about this one for me is that, and I think we talked about this beforehand, was that it's not, it's not necessarily scary to a kid, right? No, no not exactly. It's not so necessarily. Uh, it's, 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 in retrospect, it's really kind of fucked up. Oh, um, yeah. Well, good, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tremendously fucked up. I think as a existentially kid, horrifying. Yeah. Well, it makes you Maybe think of Twilight Zone, right? I mean, yeah. like it's the it's the oh man's folly. He just want you know wanted his right. He all day long he wanted a chicken sandwich, and now and he gets to stay in his tunnel forever. Yeah, like you know, right? It's, he's getting what he asked for, but it's all years fucked dungeon. up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, hey, this this guy spit out his gum on the sidewalk and then he just got hit by a truck like do you think he deserved his punishment like no <laughs> credits no where is the line between <laughs> this guy was a jerk for a hot minute yeah you know well and i do i do want to uh make sure that we're clear about this uh the show the show did not keep henry stuck there forever the very oh, really? next, he does, he the very next out. episode, he, they they get him out and they, and he redeems himself. He helps he helps that Dick Gordon, that cool train Gordon who came by. Who said he, poop poop poop? Yeah, <laughs> slow hand Gordon. <laughs> yeah, uh, he helps him out of a tight spot, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, you're fine." And he's like, "Oh well, I guess the best way to keep my paint nice is to have my conductor it's to be get, nice, rub me down." <laughs> uh, you mean those good rubs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, if you watched the next episode, instead of just crying yourself to sleep and de- deciding <laughs> never to watch this show again, you actually got a happy ending. But but no, I think no. they probably did that reflexively. Like, I'm pretty sure they got to the end of the episode and were just like, fuck, this is Oof. rough. <laughs> we need to walk this back a little bit because they do end with this sort of time lapse. Yeah. You know, right. like. You you get the sense that, you know, maybe a decade has passed or something, you know, like you get the sense that this isn't just like a fun little like we did this for a day and changed our mind. <laughs> it's like the, you know, that that episode with the with Michigan J Frog where they, they put him in the building and then like they just demolish the building in like the year 2487 or something like it's kind of what I it's kind of what I expected. Like he's been in there for hundreds of years uh but no okay, should we keep our shotgun rolling yeah or do we got we got you just we got a little uh want to do a trick or a treat sort of sort of rating style slap at it oh you want to okay so we we, we want to call this a trick or a treat um Ooh. i'd say trick is scary right uh, i think it's a, a, trick. Of a, bit of a trick trick or did trick mean bad or trick mean uh we'll go mm. I don't know. How does it make you feel uh, it, when you say it? it? Watching it, it, it does not deliver much much joy, much mirth. 
No. And then no, it ends in a pretty a sour, this is a, sour note. It's a so, sour trick. Yeah, it's, it's like it's a getting it's a battery dirty acid in your lemon cello. <laughs> your le- yeah. <laughs> as, so as I'd have to go. Vape have teens to go often trick. do. The yeah. vape teens aren't pleased. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I think we rated this one a sour trick. Yeah. Let's move All right. along. Let's ruff, on, ruffle through got, that pumpkin tub. What do we got next, got Rory? Episode. Austin and his tubs, his tubs and teens. He gets on. He gets on. His, <laughs> Welcome gets to on the vape hamster wheel. Pumpkin just, tubs, teens and tubs. <laughs> with Austin. So we watched an episode of Batman the Animated Series called "What Is Reality," where the Riddler has lured Robin and Batman into a. Uh, into a cyberspace mm. in the you know sort of peak of uh, cyberspace uh, fear. I mean, <laughs> we were all we were all worried the internet was sort of becoming a becoming the new world, and yeah. this one sort of this one plays off of that that fear. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, they they do a whole like VR experience thing, but mm-hmm. they do you know they do the classic thing where like. You get stuck inside the game, and if you die in the game, you die in real life. Uh, but it's it always seems to be Gordon who gets captured, and and he never really does anything useful for the most part. He's just there to be like springing the traps. Well, yeah, to be well, fair, but- Batman TAS did not really have enough female characters to to like damsel even you know like sure. they didn't so, even like um you know like not that they should but i'm saying like they hardly had anybody yeah well and, true. and it wound up being is, gordon i mean this was a riddler episode but of course part of sort of when we deal with joker and in, in batman episodes part of his sort of thing is is fucking with gordon yeah uh That's so true. so he is he he is a sort of he's a stand-in he he's a person that the Joker is willing to destroy uh, for the sake of his game, whereas Batman is too important to their to their battle of wits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he and can, Gordon he can't always do the same ends up psychological being... trauma that he can. Right. To, uh, any criminal, any criminal, like getting putting goofers on on Gordon, is you know you can pretty easily read that as motive in itself. You know, since he's put away so many crime man. Yeah. Um, in his time, <laughs> he, so many crime. His men. his crime men count is off the fucking charts. Yeah, so you know, anytime so, Gordon is you know in a rough spot, I guess that you know. Yeah. So I suppose in shotgun style, we were not going to go through the plot exactly the way we would normally. Uh, Riddler has has you know laid laid some some traps down. Um, We've got some riddles that are a little bit hammy when when they're figured out to give yeah, got a real his, 60s Batman, Batman his greatest vibe. detective to give him his greatest detective cred. We 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 uh, we 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 I don't know. It's, it's we, a little hammy. Yeah, I loved it. It's true. I loved it. Getting well, that classic like 60s Batman of like both Batman and uh, Alfred reaching the same like conclusion at the same time like saying like sure you know coming up with the it's just oh. it's it's a great like classic batman sort of feel when they do that 
My favorite yes. one in the episode is right near the end where uh, where Nigma says, if the world were equitable, I'd still have my old job. And they Which... realize that means world's fair exposition for yeah, like the world's fair exposition. It's like here's uh, here's where super it gets obvious. Cool. Yeah, here's where it gets cool, because for the episode, we have been seeing uh Riddler as the antagonist of the show. He is he's been the person who's 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 started this plot, who's who's gotten Gordon and Robin both trapped in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um the the twist ending is that he himself has been trapped in this virtual reality for who knows how long. His brain is atrophied, he's stuck in this machine. Uh that's the scary part, is is that this guy is is basically a vegetable in a in his own computer in his own computer you know prison yeah and that he actually this was this and we get a really cool glimpse into just how smart riddler is because either he laid out this plot as a contingency in case he gets trapped or sort of managed to in his in in his existence in his cyber existence still reach out to the world and and lay a lay a strange path to him. Mm-hmm. This was not a ploy to kill Batman. This was how he was able to get Batman to save him. Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, you see him in the flesh earlier. You know, he's got his like orange hair sticking out, and the like policeman thugs go, "Hey, what do you what got? The things, Mister Nigma." It's like, great, excellent. So you yeah, actually not- see him. No, I don't think sure. that's accurate. They no? S- the, no, cause he says, they say he's been in there since, since, uh, for a long time. I mean, it's possible. <clears throat> it's possible. Both are true. It's possible that he like started this whole thing and, uh, got them all trapped in there, but then like got stuck himself sometime in the middle of the episode. And then by the time they figure it out and find him, it's been like days. Yeah. I mean, that could be too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's all shriveled like a raisin. I mean, he's a little root in the end. Yeah. That's the main point, right? Like, I was I was like watching this whole episode going like, all right, Rory picked this one as for our Halloween special. I get that. He wants the, this to be a, in his prized position of, of our Halloween pumpkin tub. And right at the end, I realized like, oh, oh, fuck. Right. This is this is actually terrifying because of the way it's like animated with Riddler stuck in that VR machine. He's like twitching. He looks really scary. And it ends uh, not to like try and make a make a, a a judgment about what scares you rory but like very similar to that thomas the tank engine situation like like a slow zoom in on someone who's completely fucked yeah. forever <laughs> yeah i actually i think uh we're gonna see this as a theme in a lot of the things we picked today whether it was intentional i don't think it was intentional but the ending really dictates a lot of scariness yeah. In, in how we perceive scariness, especially as we were kids, where we were so used to a show kind of resetting to mm-hmm. the default state. And as soon as these things don't and they just kind of end and the horror remains, it, it stays with us. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well, Clayface sure was spooky. But then at the end, he got all tied up and he got put in jail. <laughs> you know, like, who cares? But if, yeah. you know the spooky thing is still there and in a state of still happening. 
Right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and unresolved, you know, some sort of unresolved. That's when you get nightmares. Like that's when yeah. Yeah. that's when the stuff really like f's with you. So yeah, I think we're gonna keep seeing that. Well, and as it's, we it's, move down this list, <clears throat> it's definitely one of the older tricks in the book too, right? Like, like the end. Dot dot dot. Or is it? You know, like it's kind of a. It definitely, definitely like a Twilight Zone thing, like we talked about before too. Like, uh, like doing the ending with the question mark of like everyone thinks they're okay, but maybe it's still gonna screw with them, and that's actually almost scarier because we we're left with the foreboding, um, the unknown. Yeah. So, uh, what else you got? Oh, I was just gonna say uh, we need to figure out whether this was a trick or a treat. Really quick, I do want to say before we put a cap on it is this episode did have with the riddles and stuff. Something I really enjoyed was smart people being smart, like mm. written written in a pretty smart way. Um, I feel like it was a generally pretty smart episode. It had a lot of like cool, cool twist to it, and it just felt like they were smart people being appropriately smart. And even had even had Robin. Uh, showing off a little bit of his own expertise. Oh, Robin's just there for the puzzles. Oh, sure. Yeah, I just kind of... I, I He's enjoy a crappy seeing, little puzzle boy. I enjoy yeah. seeing Robin as like a... as a expert Competent in his own way. Team. As his own way, you know, to Batman, where Batman's like, can you solve it? Like, he yeah. doesn't know. He doesn't know everything. <clears throat> and that's nice to see that, like, Robin is an expert at certain things that Batman isn't. Yeah. Right. Batman was never a nerd. He didn't have time for, <laughs> have time for crosswords. <laughs> That's false, and you know it. <laughs> you think he just like shouts to Alfred from the Batcave, like asking like what <laughs> six across is? <laughs> it's Joker again, sir. It's always you always Joker. forget that one. <laughs> All uh, right, trick or treat? Yeah, I say treat. Treat. That yeah, was a treat. This is good. This is a yeah. good episode to watch. Yeah, I like uh, this little it, treat. It's got a little bit of of you know painful cyber slang um but a cordless oh, what, modem. Is, what is it with like the the 90s and early 2000s and their obsession with the word mainframe oh i know I, like it's mainframe it and, so good and the, the the explosives are always nitroglycerin like every time <laughs> i don't know it's it's interesting it's interesting to see the like the things that are there like eh kids don't know the other stuff we're just gonna do the same old thing uh, but yeah. then I was going to say that there was also an attention to VR that also seemed a little like pretty far ahead of its time. Uh, there's a there's for one uh, noted a little shot where when Batman takes off the uh, takes off the the helmet the headgear, we see him do that gesture in VR without the helmet there. Oh it's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I like, was, I, like yeah. I said, a little hammy, but but also pretty accurate. Yeah, I thought you're right. You're right. They actually. They actually took took some care and thought about how that would work. Uh, yeah. Even though it's mostly completely made up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, they made up a bunch of shit, but it was, like, pretty on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So, treat, treat my book. A treat. Yeah, what should uh, we do next? I'd like Austin to reach into his his tub and pull out a yummy bit of honey for me. I'd love to do that. Um, like a, like some sort of, you know, spooky Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. 
So speaking of... Jam your paw in there. Jam your paw in that tub. Speaking of spooky Winnie the Pooh, uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to delve into a different, a different spooky animal. Uh, and we're going to go right to Goober and the Ghost Chasers. <laughs> Austin, once again, uh, continuing to, Re- to disrespect to play the... Along. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all picked things from our own childhood, and Austin's like, or what if we just watch this shitty cartoon that I've never seen before? Again, I've been pushing for Goober and the Ghost Chasers for a very long time. Yeah, since before the podcast was a thing. Yeah, exactly. So Goober Goober and the Ghost Chasers is is both a a full-blown Scooby-Doo ripoff, but it's got got a very different flavor to it. Yeah, Uh, so let me do a little blurb for it. Blurb away, Uh, my friend. So the episode we watched was episode one, and it was called Assignment the Ahab Apparition. It aired September 8th, 1973, and the official blurb on IMDb says the ghost chasers meet up with the Partridge kids at a mansion in Peaceful (laughs) Cove, which is being haunted by the ghosts of Captain Ahab and Moby Dick. And yeah, that's the Partridge kids, like the Partridge family, like they went to guest stars. Yeah, they're there. Yeah, Danny Bonaduce is in the episode. Goober is a is a invisible you can is in a, a, go, a dog who can turn invisible, and I'm not pretty really sure by is, by choice, right? And He's is a it is dog. a basically Roddy Dangerfield. Well, so it's Paul Winchell, who okay. uh, Paul Winchell uh, you actually was the voice of Tigger for a long time. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, as well as Gargamel from the Smurfs and Dick Dastardly from Wacky Races. Uh, but he's doing but, a real snagglepuss thing. Yeah, since so, so the yeah. thing that I actually know Paul Winchell from is from watching uh old like found footage tapes. There's the Found Footage Festival which does crappy old uh VHS tapes they found and he did a super racist ventriloquism video. <laughs> uh so he did Paul Winchell was like was like famous for doing ventriloquism and you know in like the 50s and the 60s when you have caricatures that are not uh, mm-hmm. you know, super great. So that's where I know Paul Winchell from. That's the real spookum of the episode. Yeah, that's yeah. here's the thing about Goober and the Ghost Chasers that surprised the specter me. Specter of racism. It is. It's like legit, really funny. Uh, yeah. I thought it was. But here's the here's here's the rub. It's like it's like kind of like airplane style comedy, and it's it really wet. wasn't. It's it really humor. wasn't done with the same craft, and it it is just abject nonsense. Like yeah. the the is completely unintelligible. You can't follow anything that's happening. No, and it just feels like it feels like a loosely inter interspliced five second jokes. It's like a comedy. It's like a stand up comedy set in goober form. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this was also done by Hanna Barbera. So they had also done Scooby Doo. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard to call it a rip off because sure. I mean it is, but it's, it's the same people. Yeah. But it feels like it's all of the B team. Mm-hmm. who got to work on this because yeah but scooby-doo's it, not funny like this is the thing is what i was trying to get at is like this was like actually really funny it's just nonsense it's just complete chaos it's yeah. just the warped mind of a, of a serial killer well and the the weird thing is that like in a in a strange choice 
I guess to differentiate it from Scooby-Doo, like nobody can understand Goober when he talks. Like when he's yeah. talking to them, it's just it's just woof woof rah rah rah. But like because of that, the only time we hear Goober talk is when he many times this episode looks at the camera and says something almost entirely unrelated. Like yeah, I we could be having this conversation about something completely like, oh yeah, we're just talking about the spooky ghost, and he'll look at the camera and he'll be like, and that's why you never get in a taxi with a blah and you're like, what the fuck is? I, I don't understand. I uh, bet it was just Paul Winchell just like doing some weird bit, <laughs> you know? Like, they just kind of like let him go. Yeah, they, they've one-liners. already animated it, and that's and he uh, he records over it, which is whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just like, well, I'm going to do my silly bits. <laughs> and he just kind of goes. And I, I don't know. I was, I had no idea what he was talking about. Um, but well, to me, the, to, yeah, go for it. Oh, I was just going to, I was just going to point out that the main difference between this one and Scooby is that there's real ghosts. Yeah. Uh, there's real ghosts. And they still yeah, had a guy faking, Uber but like it ends up that there's real ghosts. And I'm pretty sure that stays true for the whole series. Yeah, but I think the, there, so. Uh, what that means there was though? one funny bit yeah. that um, so these guys so the sort of the sort of conceit of the show is that they are they run a ghost chasers magazine, right? And uh, one of them tries to get this. He tries to snap some picture of the ghost and be like, "This will this will get the cover for sure." And uh, it's their magazine. You put whatever you want on the cover. I think like, they're <laughs> a society, and, and they're trying um, to get into the magazine. It's like the Babysitters Club. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 unclear in this first there's episode. There's other baby like we understand that in the babysitters club there's other babysitters. Yes. <laughs> so yes. There's other ghost chasers, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I think I, so. The it, it, the babysitter verse. Man, if I was writing this show, I w- I would want them to like be competing against other ghost chasers. I'd want to, I'd want to make the Gary Oak of the ghost chasers. <laughs> Just like always finding the ghosts first. Getting the better scoop. Yeah. Getting the hot scoops. <laughs> so running uh, around with hot vape teens. <laughs> <laughs> the sexy car full of, full of the vapinest teens. Well, they drive like a tank. It's not even a car. Right. It's just like a big fucking tank that says ghost chasers on the side. It's yeah, we're, we're in sort of like. Yeah, branded vans was were hot for a long time. <laughs> I will say what that does allow them is there. Are, I feel like there are more stakes than Scooby Doo. Because they yeah. actually have an objective where they're actually trying to, like, get a scoop. They're not just kind of, like, mm-hmm. hanging out and their van broke down outside the, you know, haunted carousel. And they're just kind of, like, hanging out and they could leave whenever. Yeah. You know, until they solve a mystery because they're just kind of drawn in by the idea of mysteries, I guess. But <laughs> with Goober, yeah, they, like, actually have a goal where they're trying to get a good Chase story for the magazine. But... But the the thing about there being real ghosts that I was going to say is what that means is they can have people faking and they can have real ghosts. So they need fewer explanations as to why things happened. Sure. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an out. They kind of have like a whole out where Scooby-Doo is like, well, actually, he used a, a, a thin strip of paper to project his shadow across the wall. And then he used this reflecting glass like we found earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, they don't have to do any of that legwork. They're just like, well, okay, it was a ghost. Oh, it was a real ghost. It well, was a real and ghost, and then it was a burglar, and then I yeah. guess it was a ghost. 
Well, that's because fundamentally Scooby-Doo has a different genre than this show. It's a mystery show. Like they're solving mysteries that kids could understand where they're like looking for clues and then they all tie sure. it up together at the end. Like, ah, right. this is how he did it. This yeah, show so is like a little adventure show where they find ghosts. Yeah. Although, it, yeah. yeah, I think it's it's missing. The reason it didn't connect was, well, several reasons. I mean, the characters are whatever. The show is just madness. The show is is, yeah. <laughs> a lo- is just lunacy from start to finish. It's hard to follow the action it, sequences. It's, it's like ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. As Goober says in the intro. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I've got. Do we, uh, <laughs> we want to call it a trick or a treat? Ugh. I'm gonna go trick. Even though I thought it was really funny, it's pretty. It's pretty difficult. I wouldn't rate this anything remotely near a treat to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched I've, it twice and I still couldn't pay attention to it. No, it's it's again, yeah, it is it is a glimpse into a broken mind. It's uh, uh that, it's trick that, is, that Austin played on us. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real trick was me. <laughs> <laughs> Old man Austin. Um I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> but I had to watch Goober and the fucking ghost chasers. <laughs> oh, Let's let's uh let's in the words of of Kermit and Fozzie move right along. Yeah, uh, let's do it. So my next one that I suggested was uh the Hey Arnold episode Haunted Train. And, and I want to say really fast that I am oh. a little butthurt that the first time uh, Hey Arnold comes up on our podcast, it's because you picked it. Well, now um, we're going to have to get into you know, your... Ball into was your, in your court, Andy. ...your own court. <laughs> into, Andy's, into Andy's Hey Arnold town. Oh, we, don't, we don't need to talk about it. I don't need to usurp this bit. I just want to point out that uh, neither of you were on the Hey Arnold forums when you were 10, so... Yeah, no, you're right. I didn't even... I couldn't even spell for him at 10. <laughs> All right, please, um, please, uh, please tell us about this episode, Austin. Great, yeah. Let me find the synopsis <laughs> real quick. Uh, so basically, uh, so this premiere, this was season one, episode eight. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was this early in the catalog of Hey Arnold. Uh, premiered November twenty ninth, nineteen ninety six, and the synopsis is: On a boring summer night, Grandpa tries to liven things up by telling a story about haunted train number twenty five. And that's, you know, leaving a lot that still happened in the episode. Uh, but uh, basically, yeah, he tells the story about the train, about the spooky train that went straight to uh, Can't Say Hell. And so they had some fun <laughs> playing with not being able to say hell. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm saying he drove it all the way to, well, you know. Midtown? Midtown? Downtown? (laughs) All the way downtown. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's funny. Uh, And then, so they go out in search of this train. um, And then they they find it. They think they find it. And they they hit all of the touchstones that the train is supposed to have. It's got a smell of of rotten eggs. And it's... uh, A blinding light. Terrifying music and blinding light and and smoke and flames and everything. And the, the big twist is they find out that this was actually a train that goes by the foundry district. It's a steel mill, a steel mill. Right. And so all but of it apparently that goes right by... into the, it, it, it's not just the steel mill district. It's like right where they do the milling. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Pour, they're pouring the... hot, pouring hot molten, mo- m- you know, hot metal. And then everywhere. you've got a fucking choo-choo that just shows up right in the middle of your like, <laughs> right in the middle smelting <laughs> your smelting cauldron or whatever they call it. Yeah, uh, we're we're not tradesmen. Cauldron. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then and then the door opens and they think it's a ghostman uh, or some kind of hellboy, uh, and it's <laughs> a, uh, it's a guy who sounds like Homer Simpson. Yeah, and, I, I uh, add. Uh, I mean, it Mr. is. Yeah, yeah it's literally in the Dan Castellaneta. Yeah, I mean, and he's I always no in the idea, show because he's I, grandpa. I, yeah, he's, yeah he's which I didn't realize. That mm. blew my mind to realize that Dan Castellaneta was was grandpa because it's not one of his regular voices he does on The Simpsons. Like it's no, you know, to me that was always just grandpa's voice, and I had no idea that was Castellaneta. Uh, so that was cool to find out. He's a talented guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Michelle. But yeah, his other engineer who comes in and sort of sets the story straight, dispels the the ghosty myth, uh, is just his straight up Homer voice. Yeah, pretty much no no bells yeah. on it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, the then they get off and they you know I guess kind of laugh it off later. But then we see the train as the episode ends actually has uh, a, a a bluesy ghost man. Mm-hmm. Uh, a scary bluesy ghost man riding the rails, and that's that's the end of the episode. Yeah, I don't Listen, know. Get any away other... from that blues man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, blues ghosts. I love blues that. Ghosts, bluesy ghosts. Yeah. So I picked this episode because I got nightmares from this episode. Oh, really? So hardcore when I originally watched it back in the day. Like I well, would dread when that when this episode would come on because it just like flashed me right back and it was like it was spooky well you would it have was, been like seven at the time right? yeah i mean I, I would not have been a young i wouldn't wouldn't have been an old gent uh <laughs> and it you know it came on it was syndicated a lot not so even it, not even you know, a pert hard-dicked teen you, god you cannot <laughs> vaping for all your worth va- va- vaping oh. in your parents face <laughs> screw you mom <laughs> <laughs> um but i'm no. saying it scared me a much of a vaping lot ain't wrong <laughs> yeah vaping ain't easy am i right <laughs> you're right well so I, what i like what i liked about this episode a lot uh a uh, i believe it's jim lang who does all the music for hey arnold um oh he's a very talented boy and he he does a lot of like bebop and jazz influence stuff for the show and this was great because he, he did the blues thing and like they're waiting for the train to show up and they're like starting to doubt grandpa's story and Arnold and Gerald Arnold's playing harmonica and Gerald is singing this like soulful blues song that he's making up on the spot about how they're it's great. bored and waiting for the train. <laughs> oh, it's so great. I love that moment so much. But yeah, the imagery later on when they're like pulling in, the train is like doing all this stuff. Uh, Francesca Marie Smith, who does Helga's voice, has potentially the most blood-curdling scream i've ever heard uh yeah it's a shrill one oh god it's like you think she's dying uh and she's screaming and then there's the flames and like i totally understand why why you had nightmares i get it yeah i mean if anything it was really again just the ending it was the ending of seeing the ghost man is real in in this very grounded otherwise grounded world of hey arnold that does not usually at least the way i remember it did not Mm -hmm often sort of uh go you know deal with the existence of ghosts yeah uh, in this world 
Well, the world uh, is so fanciful. I wanted to say, uh, right. part of, I mean, I, I, I can, I can totally see as a seven-year-old this not being like something that, that you've got to get your nits all picked about. But as a grown man, something that really broke me out of the illusion was on the train when the other, when there's that other kid on there in the brainy. train. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Brainy. And, and he gets, he gets the sort of like goofy kick out into the river. They throw I him laughed. out the train into I, the river. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> they just chuck him out the door. Yeah. That's a <laughs> running gag. Like, to, me that, to me, that shatters the illusion that I'm supposed to be scared. Right. Because they open the door and it's just like nighttime outside with, with dirt, with mud. Yeah, and, yeah, and, they just and then they close the, the door river. again, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, we're scared again." Yeah, it's sort of a. I don't know if it was thrown in there just to like diffuse the tension. I think mm. it was. I think it was the, a, a bit of levity that I I think would have been necessary for a kid show. Totally, and I can have a laugh, but that that's that broke my my belief in the in the reality of this episode. Uh huh. That's valid. Yeah, I'm, I get yeah, I get I, that too. I remember feeling, I mean, I I was still able to stay in it, but I, I definitely remember <laughs> feeling feeling a little uh, jolted when I watched the episode. Uh, yesterday, I watched it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's a that's a legitimate thing. But it's it's hard it's hard to be spooky in a kids show on Nickelodeon. Totally. Like, how do you actually do that? And and how not... do you, how do you like yeah keep the kids watching and not just turning it off because they're too like. Right. You know, they're too all tensed up, you know? Yeah. Well, and I got scared of weird shit when I was a kid, too. Like, it, was, it wasn't, it was like, weird, but, but, like, it didn't take much to scare me. I remember that because I was a fragile, tiny boy. And <laughs> that's just how it goes. So, you know, kudos to them for making what I feel like is a decent episode that rides that line. Yeah, yeah. And, and not only that, but it also <laughs> kind of in a way poisons the rest of the episodes of this entire series with the idea that there is an, uh, a, a hell ghost <laughs> that just sort of exists in universe. Yeah. You know, we, we, like, we don't talk about him. Yeah. We don't talk about him, but he's there. He's there. <laughs> and every other episode of Hey Arnold, you watch, you'll watch knowing that there's a hell ghost riding the rails, <laughs> singing his bluesy dirge. Uh I think this was a treat. This is a treat for sure. Yeah. I think I think it, it tasted yummy in my mouth. Uh, you know, like a like a everlasting gobstopper. Yeah, Ooh. but unlike an everlasting gobstopper, this we is We don't over. have to pay every time we say it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you fucking pay my tax to Willy Wonka. <laughs> Which is just in giggles. We have to laugh into an envelope and <laughs> send it to Wonkatown. Oh, dear. Wonkaton, I mean. Sorry. Wonkaton? Wonkaton. <laughs> Love it. What do we got next, boyos? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's my turn to plunge my hand into the, into the sea of candy. What are you going to uh, fish out of that tub, biscuit boy? We interrupt this program to bring you Courage, the Cowardly Dog Show, starring Courage, the Cowardly Dog. Abandoned as a pup, he was found by Muriel, who lives in the middle of nowhere with her husband, Eustace Bang. All right. Uh, so I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not alone in this one, uh, 
there's a lot of people who will agree with me that this is a freaky episode. Uh, but you it's can say some, that about most spooks. most episodes of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, that was kind of its whole thing. Uh, that was the so, vibe I got. So this is a show I hadn't really watched, but it, mm. I got the idea that this was in this was on brand and not yeah. like yeah. a Halloween episode. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah, this is like you. This is kind of what you can expect from every episode of Courage. Maybe a little less uh, spooky for the reasons we're going to talk about, but like always spooky. So yeah, yeah. So this episode the... uh, is King Ramses's Curse. Uh, it came out in two thousand. Uh, here's the here's a blurby blurb. Uh, Courage discovers so Courage is a dog. Let's just let's just get that out there. Uh, Courage discovers a stone slab near the water pump of the farmhouse. The stone slab turns out to be a relic stolen from a pharaoh's tomb that is worth a million dollars. Eustace refuses to return the stolen slab without payment, and the entire family faces the wrath of its three curses as a result. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Jumping ahead a little bit, if you were going to talk about the things that I found terrifying as a child, I think it would be uh, things that look incongruous. Uh, <laughs> Ramses shows up in this episode. Sort of yeah, 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 like things yeah, that don't match. Play with. Things that don't match. It does. So Ramses shows up as a ghost, like a like a half mummy, half zombie kind of floating ghost with like this weird ethereal voice, and he's fully like. Bad Return CG. the slab. Yeah. Now like, is he now? I what something that I found fun, and it's a little unclear. That obviously, you have to you have to concede a, a couple a couple of things as a cartoon if if you were to read it the way I read it. Okay. To me, that was very unclear if this was uh, Ramsey or the tall burglar from the beginning. Tall oh, burglar this, from the beginning. One of the the guy the, who steals the stone the slab. Gangster cats. The gangster yeah, the gangster cats that are. Oh, interesting. Now, I think I say this because there was a couple, you, you know, there were a couple of scenes where where perhaps, again, we we just we were introduced to a water pump, so perhaps they could flood the house just normal, normal style. Mm. And okay. also, there's where courage is like looking for the the spooky song. It's playing from a real sonograph. Yeah. Yeah, that's huh. that's interesting. That's an interesting point. So what's what Roy's, then, what Roy's talking about is that is that there's three plagues that come from from Ramses because Eustace refused to get, refuses to give up the slab because he's a miserly old coot. And <laughs> uh, the first one is that they get flooded. Their whole house fills with water uh, and they almost die. The second is this Eustace, terrible there's music. There's a really funny scene of Eustace at the bottom with the snorkels, like just like refusing just, to move. Yeah, <laughs> not how like, snorkels work, but no, you know, it, it, it looks funny. Uh, the second is terrible music, uh, that they can't stop that just loops forever. Uh, but it's actually being played from a phonograph, like around the corner of a rock and courage finds it. And then the third one is this big swarm of locusts that like devours all the buildings on their property and is actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting that you, that you thought about that, Rory. I, I don't think I've ever thought about it that way that maybe, yeah, maybe I didn't the, read that, read it that way at all. The curses and there's, were... and there's one, there's one funny little line he says too. Uh, when uh, when Eustace refuses after the first plague, and he, oh yeah, he's like, oh come on, <laughs> yeah, Ramsey. It, it felt it felt yeah, like he was yeah. breaking character, you know. Yeah, he breaks it for once. The only time he says anything other than return the slab, it's just like, oh come on. <laughs> um, it's great. I love it is. It. it is great. Uh, it was funny either way, but that was sort of part of what helped me help mm-hmm. me form my hypothesis. Ooh, I think huh. yeah. I don't know my. 
I think I think the intention is that it's a real ghost, a real mummy. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah. but and I most, thought they were playing most, with Yeah. The most, fun part about a real ghost is playing with like the unknown and not just telling me it's a real ghost, you know? Yep. It right. sort of sort of once once you once you dip into the supernatural and call call a, a horse a horse, mm-hmm. then it's not really scary. Yeah, I think Aside from just anything about the circumstance or what actually happens on screen, the thing that scared me about this episode was just the visual of Ramses and his terrible, horrifying voice that says, Return the slab. And he says it like 30 million times throughout the episode, and it's sort of like, it somehow gets a little creepier every time for me. Yeah. Um, but you should you should look up, there's, there's YouTube clips of just that moment if you didn't want to find the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, just look it up. It's creepy. He's gross. Um, and there's, there, there's a couple moments like that. I, I, I sort of fought with myself about which courage episode I wanted to watch. Cause there's another one, like the, the very final episode that has some really creepy CGI too. Uh, it's almost worse, but, <laughs> but yeah, this was, this was the one I remembered the most cause it, it buried itself somewhere deep inside of my like 12 year old brain. Yeah. I definitely remember watching it. Um, um I do. Another so, funny thing about the two yeah. episodes you picked, uh, Andy, mm-hmm. uh, both of them take place in a literal middle of nowhere. That's true. That's true. I yeah. I don't know that. I mean, that's that's like a thing for courage. Like it's it's, right, so that's, it's the, setting the premise is, it's, yeah, is that's where it is. It's a town Remote. called nowhere, mm-hmm. and you know, and that that allows them to sort of be like, yeah, freaky shit is real, and courage is uh, the only one who really realizes how freaky it is, and his you know, adoptive grandparents or whatever are like, no, everything's fine. Uh, so it's, which again, you know, to me, to me, uh, a really good, a really good spookum is going to play with the possibility that it wasn't a spookum. Mm-hmm. It's going to tease around that, you know, what you just saw is up to your ability to comprehend. And it's not something that they're going to elicit an exactness on. Yeah. Yeah. So something I want to say about Courage, though, is I remembered watching this again. Why I didn't actually really connect with Courage a whole lot as I when I was younger. No. Like I didn't love watching it. Uh, oh, I, I see. I would, you mean the I show? I would watch it. I would, yeah, with the show. I I would watch it when it was on if it was the only thing on. But I didn't actually really enjoy it. Um, and partially because I mean I could be you know a scaredy little boy, but. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> terrifying. It was just the characters are pretty unlikable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Courage has a lot of weird vocal choices that are not like pleasing to hear. Like, yeah, like yeah. the the voice actor for Courage kind of sounds like one of the animators, you know, just like <laughs> and yeah. decided to like record and they were kind of OK at it, but they're not. And like, it's sort of off tone, like in anything they're going to do. You've got somebody kind of running around in a silent, you know, in a silent, you know, um, slapstick movie at all times, like against yeah. against the backdrop of whatever's going on. Courage is going to be manic and and silent or, you know, not not speaking. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he very rarely actually speaks a lot. Right. Yeah. Only really to himself or with people who can understand him. Mm hmm. Well, and, 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 and otherwise, like, I don't really follow like what his pantomime is supposed to be. Yeah, um, it's confusing. <laughs> which you know, I it, it's kind of too bad. There's there there's a sort of true terror in 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 you know losing your voice, right? In in being unable to speak in a world where you normally can. And I think if they had played with that with a with a um, 
defter hand could have really helped uh, crank up the terror. Well, and Courage found the slate, but he didn't know exactly what was going to happen. But then he's right. like shouting about it like he does know exactly what's going to happen. And so, you mm-hmm. know, if he had seen actually seen the robbers get 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 beefed, you know, well, I think like, it implied oh, I, that he yeah, saw some that. stuff they, out, the, we... out the window. What? That is a good point. I think he, I think he also... looks out the window at the beginning of the episode. That's why he knows where the slab is to go and dig it up. He's like, what the hell's uh, going I on just, out there? I, I took Maybe it I as like that. a as a sort of um, as a time lapse that we that we didn't know exactly how long the robbers had buried this thing. Exactly mm-hmm. how long ago. That's possible. You know, he's a dog. He digs things up. I didn't need I didn't need to buy into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, Eustace is is, you know. Uh, a, a real grumpy man and hard to listen to because he's just like hates everything and is yeah. he's mad at everything and you're just like oh my god I don't care about this, oh, this I kind of like old man he's yeah fun he's like a good foil especially played against Muriel who's just like a you know little a lovely angel, old lady. angel woman yeah well he he kind of th- both of them kind of remind me of my like grandparents like uh, in a way like. Not not exactly, because my grandpa was never that mean, but like <laughs> their relationship, definitely. So, you know, he was a bit. But was he a bit of a coot? He was a it coot, was a sourpuss. <laughs> oh, he was a full on coot. He was a farmer coot and we loved him. Uh-huh. Um, so, OK, the the only other thing I would say about it is that I, I think it's interesting that you're talking about how much you didn't like, like you didn't feel like the characters were likable, because I think that was pretty true across a lot of cartoons in that few years. Yeah, like, on Nickelodeon, they were playing with some unlikable like homies. Ed, 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 and Eddie, and Cow and yeah, that, Chicken, and that like, early Cartoon Network era of Cow and Chicken. Oh, yeah. was it was it Cartoon Network? Yeah, this yeah. one was Cartoon Either Network. Way, yeah, I'm thinking of the yeah. same. But I'm thinking of the same time period. Yeah. Angry yeah, Beavers, it, Angry Beavers was was in that too with Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just they they played around with having a lot of really kind of grotesque characters. That yeah, you never... and I didn't love that era honestly. I you know I, I enjoyed like Dexter and Powerpuff Girls a lot more mm-hmm. than than some of these like weird gross children and like weird <laughs> animals with greasy butts and just like <laughs> yeah cl- you know really cloying voices and it was like it was kind of a weird era yeah i i feel like you know if i were to speculate you have you know kind of especially with the sort of different rules governing cable I, I do think you they kind of doubled down on the grotesque. I feel like that was sort of part of the it, it was what a kid what for kids we might call risque. I guess yeah. I mean like, it was it was Ren and Stimpy. You know I think yeah, that it, really kind of get, brought you, that on. But yeah, yeah, the fact the that ugly, you could only get ugliness. it from them made it exclusive and made it yeah. There was a again I I think risque is sort of the right word I'm looking for. Right? Mm-hmm. It was it was against the rules. It's taboo. Yeah, like but oh it was, yeah. what the shit is that? Technically so, technically appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for some reason where you could see like Satan's butt crack in every episode of Cow and Chicken. <laughs> yeah, and it was or, just like yeah, I remember. I remember weird. often seeing Cow's butt crack. Right? Isn't that like kind of part of it? Is his butt's always out? Yeah. Yeah. It that whew, that's a whole other conversation. That's a weird show. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So what do we what do we think? Trick or treat on this one? I'm gonna say trick. Yeah, I'll go trick. There was a, a lot trick. I liked about it, but eh. But it was still kind of. Yeah, it's a weirdy. It, it wouldn't get me to watch ends. more. Courage. Like it just ends, right? It feels like yeah, it, it was a really a hard ending. ending. Oh, it was a hard cut at the end. Oh, There's did you guys? Nothing. 
so did you guys not see the real ending? Because there was one version on. Oh, uh, I have no, I have no idea. Nobody explained any sort of alternate ending. Okay, so you me. may you may have watched a funky video then, because there's yeah, we, an actual, there's an ending there's, where like, uh, you know, Ramsey's like a band editing or something. Well, ra- no, it just I think it was a f- fucked up cut off video. Uh, oh. Because I think I found that one, and then I was like, "Where's the ending?" And I found a different one. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. The the ending it was close enough to where the ending should be that I bought yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's only it's a, a few kid's... more seconds. Uh, okay. So like, Eustace gets approached by Ramses, uh, and he's like screaming, and, and there's then a fade out. There's a whole fade out. Yeah, there's a fade out, and then we come back, and Muriel and Courage are in the sort of fucked up house, and they're looking at TV, watching TV, and it's like, oh yeah, and the the slab has been returned to the tomb or whatever. And Muriel's like, where's Eustace? And then it shows the, the tomb and Eustace has become like a hieroglyphic on the side of the tomb. Oh, shit. So, and is this a sort of show that sort of does, uh, it it hits the reset, that that reset, resetting continuity every episode. Yep. It hits the reset button real hard. So that's interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's how the episode actually ends. Yeah. To gotcha. me, though, since there's kind of that expectation that they're going to hit the reset button, it's a lot less scary to me than, say, like yeah. the Harold ghost train that sort of ends <laughs> with just like just knowing that there are ghosts now. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so the last thing that we watched uh, is my my final pick. Uh, I had, we we talked about which things we were going to choose. We wanted it to be stuff that actually maybe spookumed us as kids. And it didn't take me very long of, like, racking my brain before I remembered something I hadn't thought about in, like, a million years, which is this Looney Tunes cartoon from 1992 called Invasion of the Bunny Snatchers. Uh which super freaked me out and it still kind of unnerves me as an adult. There's um, some unnerving going on. So the, the episode, uh, it's a, we, we follow Bugs Bunny through like a normal day causing trouble for, uh, Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam and Daffy Duck. Like that's his job. Like he's got to meet his appointments and fuck with them. Right, uh, right. but, but the whole time his enemies are being replaced by poorly drawn doppelgangers from outer space carrots. And they're trying to replace him too. Uh, so it's this whole like invasion of the body snatchers, obviously parody. Uh, but there's some other stuff going on here that I'll talk about a little later. But the main the main thing, the main reason it's terrifying to me is because when they get replaced, they're replaced with poorly drawn, like almost animatronic versions of who they're supposed to be. And it's so yeah, freaky. They, they, they have some cool fun with the fact that the show is two dimensional. There's um, right. right. It, it sort of looks like they're supposed to be cardboard cutouts. But in in a two dimensional plane, you can't verify it. You can't <laughs> yeah. see behind them. Yeah, yeah. And then although Bugs does like even call attention to the fact that they're poorly drawn. Yeah, and that was something I wanted to mention too. Like the um, so for one, uh, aside from you know some 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 solid spookums, legit funny. This was a really funny little thing. Mm-hmm. I laughed really hard when he he gets off the plane and he's like middle of nowhere, please. <laughs> at and O'Hare to, Airport. 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's, yeah. there's some there's some Acme style jinx hijinks in there as well with that yeah. sort of silly wordplay. Mm-hmm. Then, the, but then there's also the sort of more more floral wordplay that Bugs does, and it's actually like pretty cool. He's got he's got some high diction. Yeah, yeah. I was really surprised to figure out that this was made in 1992. Uh, I mean, I I sort of looked it up halfway through because I was really curious. Uh, yeah, they snap you. I forget what it was. And there's, there was, there's there was, an there was like an 80s reference, reference in there. There's right? an e- oh yeah, yeah, a reference to ET. Yeah, there's the mm-hmm. ET reference. That's what I caught too, and I was like, and, oh shit, um, this isn't as old as I thought. Yeah, yeah somebody I, Sam also says I've fallen and I can't get up. Uh, oh which yeah, which is a reference to that cart, the commercial. Right. Yeah, it, it it's is. Just, but it's I really throwing that. me off to like to know that they were making almost visually indistinguishable Looney Tunes cartoons uh, up into the nineties. Because yeah. in my head, they all just kind of came out in the fifties or something. Right. And, and like so, here's no. here's the here's what I would say about that. So yeah, the the episode itself, like we go through one version of the day and bugs keep seeing these weird fucking glowing carrots around and going, eh, whatever. And then like, you know, all of his evil, all the evil people keep getting replaced by terrible, terrifying doppelgangers. Uh, and then we keep going and it's this whole episode is kind of a subtle dig at their own studio at WB. Oh, really? Um, they're, uh, and I only realized this later on, like you don't pick up on it as a kid and WB didn't even pick up on it when they put this episode out Uh, there. It's, it's a, it's like a sort of judgment on how they've been like dumbing down the characters, the Looney Tunes characters for the content that WB had been pushing out the last decade or so. Uh And so like, you know, like he's taking all of these people and putting them into it, like the doppelgangers and putting them into this bag that says like, cheap imitations or something right, the stereotypes yes yeah. yeah. st- and that's, stereotypes. What, and that's what kind of what gives bugs the credit to sort of wax poetic at the end right mm-hmm. and so like they're they're just it's like the animators were were pissed about like the shoddy content they were making with the like beloved characters yeah and, like, they were shutting down their traditional animation department or something mm-hmm. because by the time space jam came around in like 97 yeah. damn i i feel like i've trained my entire life to know when space jam came. <laughs> i feel like i'm at a loss all of a sudden when the moment is here but i assume it was 97 maybe i don't know I'll 98 trust you. i don't shit i'll trust oh, you man that's gonna fuck with me <laughs> uh, but you know by the time that came out their animation was far from looking like this you know it was a lot more shitty yeah. and modern yeah um they actually i don't know if they did a lot of reusing of old stuff if this was like a bit of a clip show that they sneakily reused backgrounds and just i don't of, think like, so i think they i think they animated this one by hand normally uh and they made a they made a cartoon after this which uh I remember I read about it, but I haven't rewatched it in a long time. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. It was called like that bleeping rabbit or something. And it was like a it was way more blatant about what they were trying to say. And Warner Brothers actually delayed them putting it out for like a year because they were pissed at the content. They were like, (laughs) you can't just say this about us. You can't call us like no talent hacks in the middle of your cartoon. (laughs) Space Jam came out in 1996. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, by then the 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 damage had been done, um, and you know. But anyway, I found that I found that really interesting. But on the on the face of it, this is mostly just for me, like just terrifying visuals, and it had sure. some pretty spooky music in it too. 
actually the the most terrifying one for me was uh there's when daffy duck shows up and he's like you know and they all they all look like terrifying uh like lifeless bodies that are just talking somehow but then on top of daffy's duck bill they superimposed a real human mouth talking yeah the mouth <laughs> was a real trip oh god it's oh it just it makes me it. shudder i hate it yeah. i hate it i want to burn it um so yeah, this was that was a it was a real uh sort of through line for me. It was the yeah. bad the bad CG like uncanny valley thing and and this this just looks wrong like on a fundamental level. Even if I wasn't really sure how to place it as a kid, like it just shook me. I was like, uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean when they kind of mess with something you take as a given, which is the art style. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> That, that that gets changed like and the you know the idea of of being subtly or not so subtly in this case replaced by doppelgangers is you know terrifying yes yeah uh sorry i burped <laughs> a little bit when i talked about that um which is also terrifying. So your space jam guilt sort of bubbling up <laughs> my space jam guilt bubbling up uh i have a question though so yeah. when bugs's pod person opened up they took an axe and they tried to kill him. Uh huh. With an axe. Also uh, freaky. Yeah. Does that does that mean? I mean, I know we see the original characters later, but during that, before we saw them again, I was like, does that mean that everybody else got murdered? Like, did Daffy Duck get like, right? You know, hacked to death in his own home, and like, did? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think that they, they were just... just gone, and then they showed up again, but. I think we're not meant to ask those questions. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because if we ask it too hard, then we have to imagine a scene where Daffy Duck's doppelganger cuts him into pieces and yeah. hides him somewhere. Yeah, or like... blows it up with a stick of dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I thought the uh, the little bit with Yosemite Sam was really funny. Oh, the... the oh, sorry. It's drawing the line. A little bit, the but drawing yeah, the line the bit. Li- the, like, this line. <laughs> Across this line. Oh yeah, and yeah, I think I guess that was, was sort of my my takeaway with this thing that I was sort of that I was sort of thinking on is that yeah, in the midst of all of these spooks, yeah, I this was really good. Like Looney mm-hmm. Tunes, it, it really is a reminder why Looney Tunes is the best. Yeah, like it it is funny to its core in a way that no other cartoon has quite captured. Yeah. Also, it I was did. really impressed by uh, the voice actor who was not Mel Blanc was the guy who took over in 1990 after Mel Blanc died in 1989. And I had a really hard time telling it apart. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was good. It's a good bugs. It sounds, I don't know, at least to my untrained ear, it sounded a lot like Mel Blanc. Yeah, it was good. It was definitely good. Uh, the, the Elmer is not so good. The Elmer yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can kind of you can kind of tell that one. Yeah, he gets a little off off model a little bit <laughs> voice wise. But. All right. Yeah. Trick or it's treat. Tough. That was a treat. Treat. It's Definitely a treat. Adorable little treat that made me poop as a kid. <laughs> like some treats do. Um, gave you the poops. <laughs> it was like a payday bar. Oh God! <laughs> Paydays were my favorite candy bar as a kid. Absolutely. Yeah, they're good. Is, is that weird? Yeah. They get you. No, moving. Uh, the payday was dope. 
Yeah, pain I mean, is a good. I think as a little kid, you're a little sc- you're hesitant because of the how not candy it is, like the candy right. to not candy ratio is yeah, a little you bit. Get, yeah, you get a bit of an umami. You get like a savory <laughs> sweet, and your your palate hasn't really been prepared for for a savory <laughs> a savory uh, mouth finish. <laughs> we can't That's talk way, about way worse than hard dick tea. <laughs> savory mouth finish. We can't talk about a mouth finish and a and a child I'm just at the same time. Bars. I'm talking about for kids. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking about candy bars, you dingus. <laughs> oh my god well i think it's about time we mouth finish this episode up <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah all right yeah just just right into right into your ears this um, is incredibly this scary is, this right is now. making me unhappy <laughs> we're, we're teetering we're teetering on an edge right now and i don't know what lies don't, beyond no, no edging talk so uh i had a a good time watching these it was fun it was fun to kind of like break away from from like our our normal structure and watch some just scattershot stuff uh it was a palate cleanse for Mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm. for me and uh i i i do it happens every time but now all i want to do is go watch batman yeah uh, every time i watch an episode that batman intro you just can't beat it Hey, you know, and I hadn't I hadn't watched that in the context of like with a show in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool the way it sort of it really fades fades what seems like a, a cold open into into the theme song. Oh, with yeah. the WB logo oh, yeah. that turns into the silhouette yeah, it, of the it, it, that would happen. It really, and it would always like I would get goosebumps every time like yeah. that. I'd see the Warner Brothers logo coming on TV, and I wouldn't know which show was on, but I always uh-huh. hoped that that logo was going to fade into, like, a, a Zeppelin. Ba-da-da-da. Oh, oh yeah. It was good. But Yeah, but, like, I legit didn't remember the exact point when the theme song co- starts. It just seems like it just seems like a start of the episode, and then, and then they zap you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That bank exploding. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so cool. It's always cool. I anyway, just... we love Batman. Uh, I love Hey Arnold, so thanks for getting me to watch some of that again. Yeah, it's, no problem. It's only been a few months since I rewatched the whole show, so. Uh... <laughs> oh really? <laughs> so I think it's about time again. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, any man. any final thoughts? Weirdo. I, am I a little think weirdo. it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was interesting to see, especially what you know. We sort of united all of the things that scared us in one place, and we we're kind of able to look at it in the light a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but just seeing, realizing that the ending is, and we also watch Goober, and we also <laughs> watch Goober and the Ghost Chasers. That's right. Yeah, which did not have a spooky ending. No, um, but, but uh, you know, how are we gonna how are we gonna end this? How are we gonna how are we gonna leave know. leave a leave you hanging? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm just did gonna we, say a few spooky you? things. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but what if we just say a few spooky things? We can sort of take turns and say a few few things that are just existentially spooky, and then just sort of end the episode on that, and just sort of leave people with, you know, with those fears. Like, yeah, like uh, uh, here's a spooky thing. Here's a spooky thought. Uh, you you're at the supermarket. You've got you've got five bucks, and it's full of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit.
Okay, I've got one. Okay. Uh, you're at the supermarket and you have five <laughs> bucks, and you probably don't have enough to get like a tall mocha with the additional uh, rice milk. <laughs> no. Because they or for soy milk they add like sixty five cents. Jesus. They really ding you on that one. Yeah. Uh, so when you're at the supermarket and you got five bucks, but the supermarket is empty. It's still not empty because there's still a skeleton there. <laughs> Rattling his bones. It's there's a skeleton. There's always been a skeleton. There's I mean everything is a skeleton if you think about it. Yeah. Truth. Truth yeah. bombs. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think that's good. I think that's pretty spooky. Good. Bye babies. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> ghost you later. <laughs> Ooh, boo! <laughs> boo! I'll, Dra- I'll, I'll Dracula later. Mummies. Franken Franken tried to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Nosferatu see you tomorrow. Good night. Good night. <laughs>